I'm here. I'm ready. I'm queer. I'm ready to be part of the X-Men and part of the Brotherhood because that's who we are in this episode. We are the Brotherhood. We are, although the Brotherhood's kind of terrifying in this episode, but whatever. It's fine. Um, I'm, I wouldn't <laughs> say the Brotherhood's terrified so much as like Pietro's Pietro manipulative. <laughs> okay, Pietro is a sociopath, which Wanda has stated. I guess this is the start of the show. We I don't know where we started, but we're here now. Okay, I'm but Maddie. Like, <laughs> I'm Ryan, and I am not Pietro Maximoff because he's an asshole. And this is the mutant ages where we review every adaptation of the x-men ever recording at a later time in the day now so we are like off the walls jumping around <laughs> i've already hiked this morning <laughs> it has both, been a great we've day. both exercised we've both showered we've both eaten it's like we're so awake we are anyway uh we're watching x-men evolution season four back when we were young we experienced a change episode two um and it's called no good deed yes that's what it's called magneto is dead i mean i guess we should go ahead and do previously on the x-men no previously right. okay so previously <laughs> on the x-men apocalypse is here and he's queer apocalypse is a gay and all the x-men are like he's gayer than us and he can't be the king of gays so that's not cool mm -hmm. and we're gonna like out gay him yes. that's pretty much what's happening and also apocalypse killed magneto like he burst him into a thousand tiny little pieces like like fucking glitter in the sky and he was like bitch bye you're glitter now <laughs> and like and we're like oh apocalypse is kind of cool yeah apocalypse <laughs> is kind of cool now we kind of like him now he's not in this episode though this is just the sort of fallout after magneto has died also mystique is dead but this episode is not about that rogue is not even well, in this episode so there's a scene where rogue is in the background with all the other x-men and i'm like would she be here and also why is nightcrawler here i'm like yeah i had questions I about felt like, like it was out of sequence or something you know what but i mean it wasn't because magneto did die in the last episode no you're so. right you're right but maybe like a few weeks have gone by before this happens where like both the brotherhood have kind of adjusted to what's happened and also the x-men i have. think this might also be one of those situations where they had two different like story teams working on stories so they knew that magneto was gonna die mm -hmm. but i don't think they knew the emotional weight that the first episode was gonna be i don't know this would, this would be a great question for the creators of the are show are you gonna say it's that not... every week ryan like literally yeah. every episode you're like i have six questions for the creator like where oh, is the x-men evolution book that i require <laughs> i would love that actually if they would put out a book i would too anyway uh so magneto's dead i feel like that's the only important thing we need to know because apocalypse isn't in this episode i'm thinking if there's anything else no i guess what's also important to mention is that during the apocalypse episode which featured every character going into the ground underneath the sphinx or up into like the himalayan mountains or whatever yeah the only characters who were not involved was the brotherhood except for pietro because pietro is too busy trying to please daddy magneto mm -hmm. and i don't think 
Pietro was in the last episode, though. For what? The well, under the Sphinx. I don't think I don't think Pietro was there. I think it was just Pyro walking around oh, and yeah. Colossus walking You're around right. and Mastermind. And like like basically, Magneto went back home to drop off Pietro and pick up Mastermind. Right. Like that's the only explanation as to what happened there. So like Pietro is now back with the Brotherhood. Just saw his dad die and has decided to take charge basically like there's a there's a power vacuum now no one is in charge of these kids this is pietro yeah. pietro yeah. Oh, is absolutely. somebody who is all like yeah i am not gonna deal with this trauma i'm just gonna take it out on everyone else around me yep. and like use this opportunity to control them so there's in the scarlet witch miniseries the comic book which i read right before wandavision i i sat down and i read like as much wanda and vision content as i could mm-hmm. because just for like, fun. i had read these stories before yeah but i was like really pumped that one of my favorite characters of all time was getting a tv show mm-hmm. and i went and read it again and i forgot that there is a scene in there where wanda and pietro get together and wanda's like honestly pietro i don't enjoy seeing you ever because like <laughs> we, like we used to be really close but i realized that you just manipulate me and everyone because you're just a sociopath like you she like straight up calls him she's like you're, she's like you're a fucking psychopath like you like take all your shit on other people you have absolutely like no emotional baggage about it you don't care that it's hurting people to uh, achieve gain for yourself mm-hmm. and although i would argue that is not necessarily i think pietro is upset and they i was thinking about you talking about how much they animate facial expressions oh yeah and they animate a lot of emotions across pietro's face so i don't think he's a sociopath who has like no emotions at all i think this this version of him the comics version probably is a sociopath at least depending on who's writing him but this but this version of him no, I don't think so. I think this right. is But great. I would also argue that the comic book version probably isn't a sociopath so much as that Wanda's like, that is That's how the she closest diagnosis him. I can even find for you because you're terrible. I mean, I do think that Pietro, if anything, he would be closer to a narcissist where he keeps on doing things that hurts people and then he therefore also feels hurt but doesn't stop doing these things because he can't like separate those feelings you know what i mean like Maybe. you can't separate I, I that i feel like uh, why are we trying to diagnose pietro i don't know as the you brought question? this up uh, i i don't think i can do that i i know though that there was an earlier episode where i accused lance of being a sociopath and you were like no and like this is the episode where lance this is like the nicest Lance has ever been, is this episode. This is an interesting episode for Lance, where he seems genuinely... Concerned? Remorseful. Remorseful is how I would describe it, where he's like, I don't like what I've been doing as a person this whole time, and I want to change. Like, that's kind of Lance's feel, arc. Okay, but the, he started that arc in the middle of season two yeah, when he went to join the X-Men. But he was kind of a bitch about it, though. <laughs> like, he was still okay, kind of... But to be fair, Scott Summers made his I life know. a hell when he was honestly trying yeah no yeah you're not wrong so, and that, so that continues here and that's interesting i i don't know i felt like all of the kids in this were just acting like teenagers you know like let's leave the diagnoses well, on the table like everybody was acting the okay, way fair, teens, fair enough, but teens also, would act right. when their dad died like jeez like that's enough Jesus, you know right oh no it is okay so the opening of the scene which is where I was, what I was talking about when we first started this episode and started recording is that they're on the subway, yep. I guess, in New York. 
And which, no, they're first in of all, Bayville, Ryan. They're in downtown sorry. Bayville. Downtown totally Bayville, which looks like, like New York City. Except when anyway. it doesn't. Yup. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess there's, there's a lot of big cities in New York. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like, like this subway apparently goes all the way to the expansion, which is like in the middle of nowhere. Like, I felt like the geography of this episode made zero sense, but we can't get distracted by that. So anyway. They're actually just on the monorail. They're That's on, what's happening. They're on the monorail that goes underneath you, the expansion. Okay, hold on. Did you also have flashbacks to when we were teenage goths on the tee going to Cambridge Square because that is the exact feeling I had when I started watching this episode. I mean, now I do. I honestly wasn't thinking about that at all because I was so distracted by the whole Bayville versus New York situation where it's like Bayville is kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like Boston in the sense that it's just really small and like it's not like New York because it's like you could walk across it in two seconds. Anyway, yeah. there, we are so off the wall today. It's crazy. We're, we've been recording for I was 10 just minutes like, and we haven't covered anything. Okay. Well, get ready because I'm going to say, I, I don't even remember who this was with, but this this episode with the train and all that, it brought me back to when there was some time when, we, I, when I was a teenager coming back from Cambridge Square. Like I'd taken the green line. Are you line trying to say Harvard Square? It. Say Harvard Square, Ryan. There's no oh God, such thing I mean, as Cambridge Harvard Square. Square. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. I know it's Harvard Square. So Harvard Square is the correct location that Maddie and I hunt out in for our entire teens in the pit along with everyone else like god every uh, boston goth in the world went to harvard yeah, square I know, but that's what i'm saying that's what it reminds me of that this isn't original coming, or cool this is just the thing every teenager did back this then. part might be cool I, <laughs> okay. this is what every teenager did i remember there was one point we were coming back and the train was empty and i don't even remember who i was with but i decided since the train was empty that i was gonna like hang off of all the bars sure, like there were Mickey classic, bars and jump around yep yep Right. Totally. And that was kind of the vibe I got here because I With think Toad? somebody. Toad is the one who's hanging off the bars no, and like flinging oh yeah, himself around. And then, and then one of our friends who was dressed exactly as like Wanda Maximoff was just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly what happens at the beginning of this episode. So like all of the Brotherhood are hanging out. I don't love how many food jokes there are with Fred in this episode, just as an Again, aside. I think it, well, that's how like the episode opens. They're like, there's a train. Fred is fat and he's falling asleep because he ate too much food and it's all over him. And I'm like, really? Why couldn't he just like be asleep like a normal yeah, person on the asleep. subway? It's fine. He can just be napping on the train. I don't know where they're going. Why was there or why also a chocolate the bar there? He's, he's right. holding a half-eaten chocolate bar and he's asleep. Whatever. Anyway, so we pan over to Toad who's standing up next to the bar and I was like, why isn't Toad sitting down? And then I was like, oh, it's Toad. <laughs> he probably thinks this is fun. And then there's Pietro and Lance who are sitting down. Pietro's playing with a coin in his hands, which is like... That seems like something his dad would do because his dad has metal powers, but Pietro doesn't. I just thought it was interesting. I think that's really funny that Pietro would watch this and he'd be like, this is what real men do. Yeah. And we're like, and we're okay, like no, Pietro, your dad just you, has you, you, metal you are powers. aware Magneto is gay, right? Anyway. <laughs> you're aware you're gay. Anyway, meanwhile, like several seats away, Wanda's sitting by herself with like her arms around her knees, like all curled up. Um, and so then Pietro sees what she's looking at which is a guy right. on the train reading a newspaper with the headline mutant battle leaves world shaken, which is like basically just this huge cover story about how apocalypse is like destroying the universe right now. And I was like, Oh, right. Like other people in this world are reacting to this situation, which is just not something that X-Men evolution is about as much as X-Men TAS was sort of focused on that. Like we just don't see that very much. Cause these are, this is a show I about feel teams. Like if this show had continued, I feel like this would have actually been a great way to expand into the greater universe mm -hmm. of X-Men evolution. Cause it's been very self-contained to Bayville. Right. Yeah. But now with somebody like apocalypse who is like literally worldwide yep. making a, like purple domes and screaming things about mutants. We're like, 
yeah, the whole world knows mutants exist now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's scary. the next step of the story? Yeah, right? I mean, the next step is like political battles, which is also what happens in this episode. But before that, so Pietro actually tries to cheer up Wanda here. This is why I'm like, he does have feelings. Okay, so, well, first there's this moment here that I really love where Pietro runs over and steals the newspaper out of the guy. That's what I'm saying, though. I think because he sees Wanda looking at the newspaper looking upset. He runs oh, over yeah. and steals well, the newspaper. He crumples it up. And then the man, as he's walking over very quickly to do this, he blows the man's toupee off. And the man like angrily <laughs> stands up and like looks at him like, what the fuck? And Pietro goes, what? Like really gaily. And it's super funny. I kind of loved it, though. I, did I too. love that Pietro's like, Pietro's like, listen, I'm a fucking queer. What's your problem? Yep. Like, it's like he kind of had the energy like straight up. Like, okay, so in the 90s, right, or even the early 2000s, when we, like, we, or one of our friends, or even, like, anybody we saw that was obviously gay, like, obviously gay, or trans, and, like, they would not give a shit about what people would think. Mm-hmm. Or and, like, would. if somebody's staring um, at you, you just go, what? They, what are you looking at? They'd be like, they're like, what's your fucking problem? Yeah. That's kind of the energy Pietro has here, and I kind of loved it, because I'm like, yeah, but, like, those were the original... The OG queers who were out, and even though they were going through a tough time about that, they like stuck to their guns. Well, also, Pietro did just disrupt this guy's toupee. I mean, this is a comedy scene, and it's one of the only comedy scenes we're going to get. Okay, but like that guy could live. Like, I know, but it's funny. It's intentionally funny. So he like slowly puts his toupee back on and walks away in silence, which also funny, funny scene. It is pretty funny. And then we never see him again, along with the dog from the first episode of X Men the Animated Series. Why are you bringing that up? Did you remember what that was about? (laughs) No, I just remember the dog in this moment. And I'm like, you mean. the dog we don't remember that dog yeah okay great yeah we're gonna talk about the dog later no we're not okay so then pietro turns to wanda and he's like look i just want you to forget about this okay magneto was a bully who went after an even bigger bully end of story end of father (laughs) which like holy shit dude (laughs) and like like, wanda basically has the same reaction where she's like don't say that and then pietro sits next to her and he's like face it he did it to himself and Wanda's like, at least he was trying to save us all from Apocalypse. Not like the X-Men. They didn't lift a finger to help him. Which, like, Wanda, there wasn't that much they could have done. But, like, okay. Also, the X-Men were there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but they didn't help him. But also, like, how could they have? I don't know. Anyway, don't, she I just mean, has she has her own reasons for being angry. I mean, she feels abandoned. Um, right. So then Pietro kind of tosses it off and then Wanda gets pissed off and bends one of the train poles with her powers. And Pietro has this moment of looking briefly kind of scared, but then he just keeps going like he just keeps plunging onward. And he's like, you know, he wasn't the loving father you remembered. You hated him. And Wanda has this moment of like clutching her head and yelling, stop it. But like, clearly there is something inside her that knows he's right. Like she remembers something and she knows her memories are wrong yeah how cool would have it been if they did like a wanda maximum episode where she remembered everything and then like building to that and then it would have exploded into like an alternate reality episode i mean that's like not what happens here but i feel like it's what we they were building up to because instead when she screams all the train windows smash the tracks outside the train get bent up the entire train starts smashing into a nearby station like it is a huge train crash that is going to kill a billion people because of wanda because like she's having a ptsd attack not understanding what is being triggered because it's now been repressed in her brain yeah it's terrifying so then we get the opening credits and then 
uh, we go over to Scott and Kitty, who are hanging out for some reason. <laughs> at, at, at Bayfield High, in which Scott looks at a fire and he goes, is that a fire? Yeah. He's like, what's that? The fire department? And it's like, yeah, Scott, I think it might be the fire department. And then Kitty runs over and she's like, it was a subway accident. And I'm like, I wrote down which she discovered from Twitter question mark like I guess the <laughs> I news the like same question I was like how did she know this like this isn't something you could immediately news, know but it, like I also like the I mean there was news reporters at the train crash but they show up at the end well I because, wonder like, if she just overheard like, people crashed. saying that like people running out of the station yelling like there's a subway accident down here and like Kitty overheard right. that or she phased through the floor checked it out and then <laughs> it came back she's, up she's like she she was just in Babel High and she hears the smash underground she's like I I'm just gonna go check that out. I mean, that's believable. Sees the blown up train. Yeah. <laughs> so then Scott's like, "Come on, let's go see if we can help." They don't actually make it down there in time. So then we go. Uh, also, along... there's like Berserker and Bobby and somebody else here. They are. They don't have lines, but there are a couple other mutants hanging Cannonball? out with them. I think, I think it's. Here. I think it's. Right. Yeah, I think it's Scott, Kitty, Berserker, and Cannonball. I think it's just those four. Okay. And Iceman. Yeah. Well, no. is Bobby here yeah, for no, the Ice... scene? It doesn't yeah, matter. They is. don't have any lines. It's just no, Scott they and Kitty. Don't. Anyway, so the we get to go back down to the interior of the train car. It's been completely destroyed. The Brotherhood are all coughing. And Lance is like, let's get out of here. It's going to blow. And Toad immediately starts panicking, like leaping around the train car like a trapped frog, screaming, we're trapped like a thousand times in a row, which is like right, pretty however. funny. He leaps on top of Pietro and <laughs> screams help in his face. Also very funny. Um, Pietro pushes him off and he's like, OK, but then we get this incredible scene. I know, though, it's nice. With Fred. Fred gets to help, help save everybody. Fred becomes the unstoppable juggernaut. Like, that is so cool. <laughs> it is cool. So Fred saves every single person here. He charges up. He blows through the train car. And then he blows through, like, every train car so that there is an exit for every single person in the train. Pietro falls at top speed, not actually helping at all. Toad leaps along. I and Lance is just running, like, normal speed. And so right. Toad and Lance don't have super speed. So they are the ones who get stopped by people watching them go by. And they're like, hey, help us. Like, there's this random old guy who Toad is about to steal his wallet. And the old guy's like, help me. And Toad is like, I really don't want to help you, dude. And the dude <laughs> just grabs onto Toad's back and Toad leaps away like he was going to do anyway. And then right. Lance has this moment where he finds this woman who's surrounded by her destroyed wheelchair. Um, so she can't right. walk. So she can't escape She's the train. She's for help. Yes. Right. And Lance is like actually legitimately like i want to help this person like unlike toad who's right. like i don't really want to help this guy <laughs> lance is like he's like yeah okay i feel i have sympathy i care about this so he i feel like lance was being set up to be sort of a richter stand-in yes. that's really how i feel absolutely yeah so he um is carrying the woman in like a fireman's carry princess carry uh and we're, we'll see them again later so then toad leaps with the old ironically, man ironically not the other old lady who was also in a wheelchair for the war worthington episode no totally different old lady in a wheelchair i would actually i would actually go ahead and say the show actually had a lot of handicapped characters on it which is actually pretty cool it feels very like late 90s early 2000s in a way where right, it was like, like suddenly that was something that people cared about where they were like we should include more characters in wheelchairs and in, in media and it was like oh okay burger king kids club remember there was a character called wheels anyway uh so toad oh my god but they were one of my favorites <laughs> they were um so then toad takes the old man 
and hops out of the, the subway station and he's like, this is your stop, beat it. And the old man is like completely immune to this and just hugs him and is like, you saved my life. How can I repay you? And Toad's like, I don't know, give me your wallet. It's like, he just has no <laughs> social skills. It's like funny to me. So then a firefighter really walks over to Toad and he's, there's a bunch of firefighters and EMTs everywhere, by the way, of course. Right. Um, and the firefighter's like, how many more people are in there? And Toad's like, just two. And then the camera shows Lance carrying this old woman up the stairs. But then the, uh, train, the train car exploded, explodes, right. like, right as yeah. Lance is walking up the stairs. And everybody's right, screaming. And kid, oh, wait, okay. There's that moment where Kitty looks over and at she's, Lance she's, like, soaking the woman. wet. She's like, oh, my yeah. God! <laughs> Lance is finally nice! Too. Yeah. Oh, so Kitty is screaming herself. He's, oh like, he's, like, slowly walking with this woman up the stairs. And Kitty's like sobbing like he's finally the x-man i always knew he would be and scott is just like rolling his eyes in the background like you know as the person who's had sex with this guy he's kind of (laughs) selfish um so then the there's like this dramatic moment where the train car exploded downstairs and like everybody thinks lance and the old lady didn't make it but then the smoke clears and he dramatically walks out it's very superman Like, it is a true hero moment for Lance, and he's not playing it up. Like, he is just doing what he wanted to do. Like, that's how it's portrayed. So the EMTs roll over a gurney. They tell Lance to put the woman on it, and he does. And then Fred and Toad and Pietro gather around, and Pietro is the one who starts, like, posing, which I liked that they kind of have him be the one who's like, I'm Pietro. Oh, yeah. and like, I know, because he runs over and it's like, you can call us the Brotherhood. Yeah, but before we get <laughs> like, that moment, um, we see Wanda just a little further away looking sad and kind of like walking away. And so like, we know she's there, but she's not, she's like slightly disconnected from well, the she, guys. I mean, she looks, the, the expression they're portraying here for Wanda is that she Guilt. seems sad and guilty. Yep. Yeah. So then a reporter it goes over to Pietro, who's like, you know, mugging for the camera, of course. And she's like, so are you guys heroes? Like, what's going on here? And Toad is like, yeah, we're heroes to the core. Just ask this guy. I saved his life and grabs the old man who's like, yeah, you saved my life. <laughs> and the reporter is like, well, who do you call yourselves? And Pietro kind of has this moment of like, Looking a little nervous for a second. I gotta say, I love the facial expressions on this show. Oh yeah, like, this, this show, especially in season four, they spend a lot of extra time in it's animating just really those cool facial expressions because he like has this moment of just looking a little bit nervous, and then suddenly he's like, "No, I got this," and like regains his confidence, and he's like, "We're the Brotherhood, bitch!" <laughs> and like yeah, they right. they all start like voguing together, and it's adorable. And then the camera pans back over to Scott, Kitty, Berserker, and Sam, who are just standing there like. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> it's like a really funny shot of them. It is really funny. But then it cuts to oh God. Uh, this news report by Edward Kelly. Yep. He's like, hello, I'm Edward Kelly. And as candidate for a mayor, I want to ask you one question. Do you feel safe every day? Mutants move freely through our city, our streets, and yes, our schools. And they are powerful. I want a registration on every single one of them so we can kill them after we register them. Yep. And these creatures must be monitored because trust me, Put they're them fucking on a dangerous. List. Put them in some camps. It's yeah, so I, fucked up. It was really fucked up. And then it cuts over to Senator Kelly. Well, he's not Senator Kelly. Yet. This is Kelly. him becoming the mayor. Yeah, he's running for mayor of Bayville, which is like the equivalent of mayor of New York. So it's like actually pretty 
high powered position. It is, but I also feel like what would have happened is that it would have then escalated to him become running for senator. I mean, this is how it starts, right? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Edward and this other lady. Yeah, his assistant, his campaign manager. I don't know. His campaign manager, probably. Watching the ad and they're like masturbating to it. Yeah. And I'm like, uh. They're like, that's good. Very good. Great job. And then it, it cuts away to a breaking news of the Brotherhood saving people. Yep. And the lady's like, mm, maybe we should change your anti mutant platform. And Edward, like, flips the fuck out he's like no what we need to do is show the public that these people are fucking atrocities and they need to be like fucking killed immediately like that's his re- response and it's like yeah he's like i don't give a shit if mutants are popular for like five seconds because of this brotherhood situation these people are sick they're sick freaks and i hate them and i'm not gay and she's like okay dude if you say so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think this show did a better job oh, yes. at making set. Okay, so like, what is interesting about Edward Kelly on this show versus the animated series? That yeah, I mean, he has the same plot trajectory, right? Yeah. But what's different is that we spent a lot of time with him from his inception on the show, being like, he. I mean, when he came into the show. I would have believed, like, he probably would have helped the mutants initially. Well, yeah, but then Xavier fucked it up. He did. Xavier fucked it up. And then Edward Kelly, because Edward Kelly was all about, like, I think everybody has the chance to show themselves and rise to the occasion. And if you have a problem. Yeah, like, people are different. We need to embrace diversity. And then because everything that happened, he ended up going so far off the rails instead of, like, helping them. And it's like, there was a slim chance there that got fucked up I know. and scared him. And instead of like talking to anyone about it, he just like went off the fucking rocker. And now he's here and he's like, I want all the mutants to die. Yeah. Which is so much more intense than even the version we saw in the animated series. Well, I mean, that version wanted mutants to die, but he was more ignorant like he was more afraid because he was so ignorant about mutants you right. know what i mean and then like once he got to know mutants he was like oh fuck i was super wrong about this them. version of edward kelly is also highly manipulative because remember that whole sequence with him and the brotherhood oh, and he like yes where he he tricked them into coming to school to frame the x-men for i mean he he's he's fascinating as a character oh yeah and then and then afterwards after that he like turns to lance and he expels him and lance like what's your fucking problem yeah and edward kelly's like i don't want your fucking like gay shit in my school and i'm just trying to make use you to make the others look bad yep. and like lance is like fuck you yeah like, fuck you You're like lance absolutely remembers that and i would say that informs his behavior in this moment and in every moment yeah. like just the brotherhood remembering right. edward kelly and like what a piece of shit he was so anyway right. the next day we go to the x mansion kitty picks up the morning paper outside and she's like okay kitty by the way is wearing like the biggest fucking khaki capris i've ever seen and it was like which is i mean i i say that now but like obviously <laughs> we were all you wearing, and I that were shit. wearing this exact outfit every like, single day parachute goth pants yep. at the time and i just like it brought me back to that time period when like the style was skinny shirts and yep. like tiny little belly shirt huge huge free running pants yeah you could go skydiving in them they're yeah. so big so that's what kitty's wearing for whatever reason i actually think it's her pajamas but it doesn't really matter so she although i did see a, a, a fun comment on twitter the other day that brought back the idea of 
let's bring back the pinstripe button downs underneath like nerd t-shirts i was like yeah i've already i've actually already started wearing that again because it's back i love that and i love love that look and i'm so ready anyway so kitty picks up the paper outside she sees the headline and it's about the brotherhood saving the subway and kitty just yells give me a break at no one which i thought was really funny because that's the kind of shit i do when i see something that pisses me off in the regular world i'm like oh fuck off right (laughs) and then she picks up the newspaper and like throws it at scott and just screams like a banshee and it's like okay it's so funny so scott is inside drinking a coffee which i actually like paused it and like saw what he was drinking and it's a coffee like scott is an adult wow, so now. he's grown up for milk yeah okay. i know he wasn't drinking milk. i actually literally ryan i paused it because i thought he was drinking a glass of milk that's so that's funny really that you funny. said that i was like is scott drinking a glass Did the of milk, milk spill in this episode nope. no he's okay well now that he's a jaded he's, he's jaded in life now so he gets to drink coffee yes. that's how this goes so kitty throws the paper in front of him she's like can you believe this fucking shit like <laughs> what the fuck is this and so scott points at it he's like there's no way those assholes would save anyone but themselves right and xavier rolls over from the window and he's like yes it is hard to imagine but whether intentional or not scott this change in the public's attitude toward mutants is very encouraging oh, which my god oh my god xavier Xavier. why is everything about what you want to achieve yeah okay but also what he is saying he's like he's like well it may seem bad but it makes mutants look good and it makes people like us and accept us without having to like change anything at all yeah Uh, we're just gonna still bend over for them and so if we're like fitting into their society by helping them mm-hmm. um and doing things for them that's the only way they can like us and i'm just gonna not do anything about this so we can it's basically remain. like xavier taking advantage of these other queer kids who he has specifically not helped at all yeah, like, what like the Toad fuck, came to the mansion and was like hey i want to be an x-man and xavier just tried to kill him like that was the beginning I, of the show. episode one <laughs> was toad coming to xavier and being like hey i'm a mutant i'm homeless i'm dirty i need help and Xavier going, I don't like the look of this kid's jib. Like, I want to kill this guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. He shows up. He's like, I don't really like this guy. Uh, activate the 55 guns in my lawn and storm. Can you electrocute this child? <laughs> and now these kids are out here again. No parents on the streets causing some havoc, but sort of helping mutants look good. And Xavier's like, oh, that's useful. And it's like, dude, look, <laughs> I just, I feel like here's the move God, here. He's the worst. Here's I the like... move here. If I thought Xavier was a good person, here's what I would think he would do. Well, first of all, Xavier would have already approached these kids like daily and just been like, hey guys, like I want to help you out. Right. I'm here if you need me. He's never done that for these kids. But hey, it's, no, he hasn't even done it for his kids. Like the whole fucking apocalypse situation. Remember the last episode? He was like in the middle of the apocalypse. He he's like, like oh, wait right. a second. Uh, how are the parent? students that live here? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, how are they doing? And Beast is like, uh, luckily I've checked in on them and they are just ignoring everything like we all did. Yeah. And Xavier's like, good, because I have no time for them. Yeah, I know. So like in this situation, I feel like this is where Xavier should have intervened. Right. Like before any of the rest of the shit that happens in this episode, Xavier should have been like, well i'm the adult here so let's go like check in on the brotherhood and like make sure they're okay and by the way like really though he knows mystique is dead. like stone and dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> magneto is dead mystique is dead like what the fuck does he think is happening here can we just point out in the last the last episode when when mystique was stone he's like i don't know what to do for rogue so i'm just gonna give 
the stone statue of like the only parent figure that uh, the brother has and like just put it in there because i'm not going to go in there so at least this statue can represent a parent that they don't have yeah actually when you think about it that's even more nuts that that's what happened last episode <laughs> and he did it to quote unquote get it away from rogue which also didn't help i know but like <laughs> once again magneto and mystique are dead and these are children like xavier <laughs> I don't know i just i could go on and on like, honestly xavier could have shit up and be like i should check on magneto's kids since i am magneto's lover i don't know like anything I mean, maybe make sure that pietro and wanda aren't killing anyone well we're like two episodes away also from meeting legion in which like we meet gabrielle and she's all like i didn't want hit my child to know about you because you're fucking terrible and xavier's <laughs> like xavier's like the reason why he's gone is because of you and it's like jesus christ xavier yeah like, i i don't even know so xavier's a bad guardian again and um scott is like i don't feel like we should trust these guys because they're probably gonna mess up whatever the heck they're doing and xavier's like let's just hope they can appreciate the benefits of being the good guys and stay out of trouble <laughs> and it's like you know what xavier if you want them to appreciate the benefits of being the good guys whatever the fuck that means how about you go help them like right go recruit them to your fucking child army if you want them to be good guys like actually help these kids he doesn't. Anyway, of no, course he doesn't. He doesn't, he of doesn't he do doesn't. anything. Of course he doesn't. So then back to the Brotherhood Mansion. The boys are looking out the upstairs window. There's a billion reporters on their front lawn, and all of them are like, uh, <laughs> we didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> it's kind of adorable. So then Wanda's walking around upstairs. She's upset. And Pietro follows her and is like, hey, it's just a couple reporters. And Wanda's like, you talk to them. And Pietro's like, but they want to talk to the girl who was with us. Which is interesting that they they like saw Wanda there and realized she was a mutant. Which like how? Okay, but also they just saw her. I they're like, that kid looks gay. Like it's just I I do. <laughs> I mean, she does she look does. gay. Number one, I'm not but disagreeing. Secondly, at all. I don't even think the reporters even know necessarily. I think it's just Pietro like trying to bring oh, Wanda in thought. on this. Like maybe the PH, maybe the reporters haven't asked at all, but Pietro's just trying to get her in on this. Well, also like, he's like, I don't know how to make her feel better because I have like no emotional empathy whatsoever. <laughs> so, well, Pietro does manage to guess what Wanda's really feeling bad about here and tries to help her. Well, yeah, they're twins. I would hope that they understand each other to some degree. I know, right? So Pietro goes, Wanda, don't blame yourself for the train derailment. And Wanda just goes, it was literally my fault. Like, I have to blame myself because I okay. caused it. This dude. is like an ongoing plot point for in this episode, but I'm like, this is definitely them setting Wanda up to a have a breakdown and also question her path, right? Like, I, yeah. I mean, Wanda is a character who started off. She has the Emma Frost path where she started off as a villain and became a. Well, I guess I, I think her intentions have always been good as part of the Avengers. However, I mean, she has a lot right, of mental breakdowns. Right, but she's been manipulated a lot. I mean, that's where she's kind of different from Emma. Not to say that Emma wasn't, like, used and manipulated at various points, but, like, Wanda far more so. Like, so many people have used Wanda as a weapon against her knowing it. Yeah. I, you know? I think outside of Hellfire Club, because I think Sebastian Shaw 100% was manipulating Emma at the time. Oh, and absolutely. Absolutely. But that's, that's like the main scenario where Emma was being manipulated, and after that, she was like, fuck this. Right, and it hasn't really happened since. Like, I, even in Krakoa right now, where Emma has been doing all this stuff for Krakoa and then finds out what Xavier Magneto and Moyer have been doing. She's like, yeah, I'm like fucking dropping all of you mm -hmm. because... <laughs> I'm not being taken advantage of. Yep. So, and I'm going to also tell everyone what you're doing because 
you're fucking douchebags. <laughs> like, yeah. Emma has been manipulated once or Wanda has been manipulated multiple times because even though Emma has the emotional baggage, I think to some degree she has dealt with it and she doesn't have the same diagnosis as Wanda does, which is like, I don't know what Wanda's thing even is so much as like something bad happens and then she like gets amnesia and creates an alternate universe, which mm-hmm. is her go-to. Yeah. Although Denial. I loved in Trial of Magneto, there was that moment where I fucking like Wanda was doing it again. Like she she, she died and come back and she creates all these monsters attacking the island she's like i i don't remember anything or who i am and billy and tommy are like can you fucking not for once (laughs) and she's like just kidding i remember everything (laughs) yeah it's like really within three pages she's like okay fine and people's like thank god because i keep defending you and you keep doing this like enough mom (laughs) okay so anyway back to teenage wanda who's like it was my fault like straight up uh, so i'm not gonna pretend it wasn't and then pietro goes how do you know that you don't no one knows anything except that we help save a bunch of people. You're part of that now. So step out there right. and enjoy the ride. And so they drag Wanda yeah. out the front. A reporter immediately runs up to her and Wanda runs back inside after one second. Yeah, I know. She, she runs up. She's like, excuse me, are you a gay? And Wanda's like, ah! <laughs> How does she know I like girls? Yeah, I know. It's adorable. It's uh, it's everything about you, Wanda. Everything about you is screaming it. Look at the haircut. Let's start there. The haircut, uh, anyway. the little corset, the pants, <laughs> the cape. Anyway. I was going to say, this is all we all dressed in 2003 we did and like we weren't out and then i was like well that never mind that just kind of like proves my point we weren't out except in a way we were literally everybody in our friends group is now like queer yeah. so whatever so pietro turns to the reporters and he's like she's a little camera shy and then a million microphones get shoved into his face and he actually looks kind of nervous for a second and toad takes advantage of that and leaps in front of the camera there's a lot of great toad moments in this episode by the way he's like i'm the sexiest one here which is kind of like the energy he's giving and i'm like at least toad accepts himself but damn he needs to take a shower so like- <laughs> he seriously does so then toad starts lying it's so cute i just i i know that it's bad that toad does all of this but it's like very endearing as a character trait for him so he's like well as soon as the train crashed i immediately took charge i told all the passengers i'd get them out even if i had to carry them on my back and it's like oh my god toad none of that happened literally none of it and then there's like this quick cutaway to lance looking really annoyed but then the old woman who was in the wheelchair. She rolls up. She's got a brand new wheelchair. She rolls over to Lance and she's like, young man, I owe you my life. To show my gratitude, I'd like to present the Brotherhood with a reward. And then she takes out a check for $10,000. That's so much money. It's so much money, especially like 20 years ago. Wait, hold on. The check is made out to brotherhood i know like, i how thought that they, was funny too i was like they can't, or deposit that check. they can't check they can't cash this like there's no way right so lance stares at the check and then there's this really funny moment of fred and pietro both on either side trying to grab the check and lance just like moving it around well this is a different scene now because like they move it this is like later and they're just staring at it but and, it like, is funny that each of them try to take it first and lance like yanks it out of the way it's just a funny little animation no, moment. i agree it's funny and then pietro's like you know what? I've got a great scam we can do to get more money. Yep. And I'm like, Pietro, what like, the fuck, go to dude? a therapist. Yeah. Please. I know. Your dad died and you're like, well, now I'm going to become a scam artist. It's like, damn, what? No. Yeah. Like, what? Why do you need more than money than that? They just gave you 10000 grand. I know. $10,000 is so much. Like, you guys could live off of that for so long, but they they don't have a way to cash it. And, and <laughs> they don't need to use it on their house because this woman owns the biggest construction company i guess in the state of new york yes and 
basically is like we're gonna redo your entire house and not only are we gonna renovate it because it's like falling apart from you know them being the brotherhood but also they're like we're gonna like completely redecorate it for you and furnish it for you and like i'm like like you don't have to pay for any of that so that's an addition to the 10 grants so like yes it's like 10 grand for the five of you to split up like yeah so basically their life is finally getting better i mean i don't know who's paying the bills because like mystique i mean did she just own this house and was like i think this old woman is paying the bills all the way up until the end when the kids are exposed as like you know what it just occurred to me that probably irene is covering all the bills for all of mystique's shit because like yeah mystique unless mystique's stealing it but like yeah i don't know it's got to be in somebody's name and it can't be a mystique's basically no you're right you're right like who's paying the water bill i mean i feel like they're stealing it though because wasn't there that whole episode where they like didn't have any water remember and then like fred had to go like in the sewer and fix it it was insane right anyway so pietro grabs the check and here's how he explains the scam they're gonna do he goes you know something boys that subway crash turned into a gravy train with more opportunities we could cash in and toad goes but accidents like that don't happen every day and pietro goes they do if they have a little help okay but this is again pietro is like i don't mind hurting people if there's like a payoff for me involved which is like pietro what the fuck yeah i know i know so then we get this really fun montage um but beforehand we get a little quick scene with lance and pietro so they're wearing their costumes now they're in an alley they're making out lance doesn't want to be there he just wants to make out and pietro's like okay but like think about how much the x-men are gonna hate that we're doing this shit like they're gonna be so mad and lance is like well i do really hate scott and i love it when he gets mad at me by the way pietro does say it in really gay tone he's like they're gonna be like so mad at us (laughs) so and i'm like pietro dude you're you're great gay i love it you're gay but i wish you also weren't a narcissist i know he's a little terrifying so then all the rock music starts up and we're going to get this like awesome montage. Yeah, okay, so like we're going to the scene where Goliath the Gargoyle is in his stone form <laughs> on top of this building and Lance shakes Goliath off the roof and then Fred catches it over people who are just screaming. Amazing. I actually loved this. I love all the moments where Fred gets to be a fucking badass. I do too. Fred catches this gargoyle with like one hand. It's so cool. I also have questions about people in cartoons when something's falling off a building and, and they, they don't look run. up and they scream. They just stare at it falling on that my reaction is like if i see something falling from above me which has happened before i try to get out of the way and hope that i like it doesn't hit me like but people just stand there and they point and scream i'm like dude if you had time to move like yeah this gargoyle isn't the size of the entire road <laughs> it is fucking huge though it's a huge gargoyle huge. and so huge. fred catches it he saves these people and they all cheer for him and then we get to see a front page story about fred and it just says mutant strongman saves citizens and i loved i loved this i love that for it fred. wasn't like some stupid fucking fat joke or like there was nothing in there it was just literally fred saved some people that's it and that's it it was a scam and like the accident was caused by lance but hey oh yeah <laughs> We'll take it. I don't know. But this, this next scene is terrifying. totally insane. Terrifying. And it does, it's terrifying. It doesn't even make sense on how it works. So Pietro is watching these two children play soccer in a field. Like, I guess it's in a public park. And there's a bee's nest, which he hits with a baseball bat to lands in, fr- like, in between the two kids playing soccer. That wouldn't work. It wouldn't because like immediately a thousand bees come out and the children aren't stunned. They just scream. And Toad runs over and eats all the bees i'm like i'm like no the bees would have stunned all of you at this point yeah the bees would like destroy 
Toad's tongue. Like he can't eat all the bees. Okay, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm like they're like the children weren't stunned by the bees. I'm like those children would have absolutely been stunned by those bees because Toad isn't fast enough for this. And the way that they animated this was like the they the animated Toad jumping through like three thousand bees, which I'm like I'm like okay, there's not that <laughs> many bees in a beehive. But it's like a thousand bees, and Toad is zapping them so quickly, so fast. And it's like a video game suddenly where it's like Toad's like yeah, it really is like it kind of reminds me of like that like uh lion king mini game in the video game where it's like pumbaa and timon's just catching the bugs in their mouth and it's being dropped by like i don't know simba in the trees that's yeah. kind of what it brought me back it's to like space invaders where all the bees are coming towards toad <laughs> and he has to like go to either side of the screen to like b- get all the bees into his mouth it makes no sense at all like even yoshi can't do this shit whatever nobody can do it and so the newspaper claims that toad saved the kids from the bees which like ridiculous i don't even know what to say yeah and then too the kids on the back of that paper are like leaping up being plain like yeah and I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, why isn't anyone asking, like, how did the bee's nest suddenly land in the middle of a soccer field? That's true. But also there's this moment where Scott's just screaming and throwing the newspaper across the room and Kitty just looks at him. Oh, wait, he blasts it with his with eyes. With his powers. Then, yeah. He throws the newspaper in the air and shoots it. Like, Scott, it, like burns what? Away. It's Kitty just staring at him being like, what's your problem, dude? Like... <laughs> So Scott is having like an extreme temper tantrum about how jealous he is of all of this. Like that is literally what this is, which is actually pretty funny. I wish Jean Grey was in this episode more because I think Jean would have been great to be like, Scott, stop. Yeah. And also like she was the one who did the Bayville Sirens thing. Like she could be the voice of reason in so many ways, but she's not in this episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. So then back back over the city, we get Lance. Wait, this other scene, (laughs) other crazy scene where Lance creates an earthquake. This is the scene. This is the conclusion of the montage. And I would say this is where things get out of control. Right. This is not going according to plan. This is the first one that doesn't go according to plan. So Lance causes an earthquake that flings a city bus off of course, and it's almost hitting a mom with a baby carriage like crossing the street, and Pietro saves them. But then the bus keeps going, and it almost hits other people. Okay, this other... Okay. Two guys that are dating. Two guys. No, two guys that are at a bus stop sitting very closely to each other and looking into each other's eyes, and I was like... What is this like <laughs> anonymous hookup shit that's ah! happening right here, right now in this know. episode? Like, it's just a couple. It's just a cute little couple hanging out. Okay, I'm glad that you saw it as a couple. I was like, this is like some weird anon shit that's They're happening. They're very next to each other. They're like right next to each other. But you know what? If that's your thing, that's power to you. <laughs> hey, who's to say they aren't on a date and they know each other? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm the I'm the one that's being like, it's a weird like anonymous thing. You're like, they could be dating, right? And I was like, oh yeah. Also, what's wrong with anonymous sex? <laughs> Like, I don't know why I'm being weird about this. Nothing, like, nothing. <laughs> but what's wrong with dating? Anyway, so the bus almost hits yeah, these two yeah, gay I'm like, guys. I'm like, I just don't understand any of this gay shit. And I'm a gay. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. So then Fred, <laughs> luckily, Fred is there. And he manages to stop the bus just in time. And there's yeah, sort of does. this animation of Fred's face. Like, worried. whoa, we barely caught that. And then also Pietro has a moment of being animated right. like, oh, fuck. Like, this got a little bit real. And it's like, okay, so clearly the kids are realizing that maybe this is concerning. But then we get a quick other montage right after this of the Brotherhood house being made over. And it has like a big screen TV now and like a really nice furniture and like paintings on the walls. And like, it looks like a completely different place, you know? Like it's- It did. It's amazing suddenly. So we're like, oh, so this is why they feel like they need to do this because- Unlike the fucking X-Men who are supported by Xavier's endless riches and brainwashing everybody, 
which by the way is evil just saying um (laughs) the brotherhood have no one they don't have parents they have no one to support them so like yeah they're running a scam i don't know i'm not that mad at them i can't be because i'm like what else are they gonna do yeah right also they take a really awkward brotherhood photo together where they all pose like big peace signs and it's like (laughs) but they all don't look like they're really happy and i'm like oh my god because i think they're scared they're about to be found out and it's also like they weren't trying to hurt anyone like all of these schemes like no one actually did get hurt because they saved everybody just in time you know right so but it, i mean i this this is the point where they're kind of like i think we're done with this except for toad who's like i want to keep it going and ph is like yeah more money yeah but not yet not yet we have a couple more scenes first. Not yet. first we gotta go to the x mansion where every I don't, this is like so much where every single x-men character is at breakfast and they're just so upset about the brotherhood that they're all sad and like staring at their cereal bowls i'm like Okay, this would not be how they would react to yeah. this. I, like, they would either not give a shit, or they'd be bitching about it, or they just would be like, "Yeah, I'm kind of on the side with the Brotherhood with this." Like, those are the three things they wouldn't all silently be like, "We're all failures." I think they're jealous. No, my theory is that like Xavier and Scott are just constantly screaming around the house that the Brotherhood are being bad, and they're like. Then the X-Men are like, are we being bad for trying to help people? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think this is an emotionally confusing moment. Like, I I think they all legit don't know how to feel right now. So, like, in that in that sense, I feel like it's realistic. So, Kurt bamps onto the table, like, standing on the table, which, like, I don't know why. But anyway, he does that. And he goes... I mean, he does that a lot. <laughs> and he goes, according to this poll, the Brotherhood have a higher approval rating than the police chief, which, that's pretty funny. I was going to say, like, a low bar to Claire, but whatever. <laughs> Great point. And so then Kitty is like, what kind of sick and twisted world are we living in? And then Xavier rolls in and he's like, one that appears to be very well orchestrated. I'm detecting a trend. The Brotherhood show up exactly where their powers are needed most. And Scott is like, I knew it. If the Loserhood are cooking this up, something's bound to go wrong. Xavier's like, yeah, and now I give a shit. And it's like... Now he cares. Oh, whatever. I I just like again, Xavier could be helping these children. Oh, he could be. They've resorted to a life of crime out of desperation, and Xavier's like, I don't know. Let's get them arrested. What do you guys think? It's like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, I don't know. That whole that whole plan also backfires on Xavier because then all the X Men get arrested instead. I know, but we're not there yet. No, we are not. Nighttime in the city. Kurt is on a rooftop with some binocs. Nighttime in the city. <laughs> um, and so then he sees the Brotherhood and they're in Lance's Jeep and they're just driving around looking for crimes, looking to cause crimes, I guess. And Kurt just whispers, I found them to no one, I think. This is, by the way, this is the parking garage from episode two of season one, that, the one that Logan and Sabretooth were fucking and screaming about their destinies at. They're probably still in there fucking, by the way, because I don't know where they are in this episode. Well, there's like one scene where Logan shows up. It's coming up where he Actually, like dramatically right. is posing I and just shows his claws yeah. and puts it back and oh like that's his God. entire scene. It's really funny. It okay. is. So in the Jeep, the Brotherhood are listening to a radio interview with Edward Kelly. And so here's how the interview goes. Kelly goes, I firmly believe the mutants are our greatest threat to a peaceful future. And the radio host is like, but what about the Brotherhood? Don't they prove not all mutants are bad? And then Kelly's like, for all we know, mutants could be the cause of those accidents. That's just one of the reasons I believe we need a mutant registration act. And then we get a little quick cut to Pietro and Lance looking at each other like this fucking guy, which I love this because 
the mutants are causing the accidents, but Pietro and Lance like have briefly forgotten that that's true. And they're just so busy being pissed off, which is so perfect, you know? Okay, but also like Lance and Pietro were like really fucked over by Edward Kelly. So they're like this fucking asshole. Yes. So like they know, they still know that he's wrong, but it's also like, okay, but guys, you are causing all the accidents though. Like what? It's just funny. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very, confi- well, if, maybe if there was some kind of parents for these guys, for this entire team. Well, I know. I, I just think it's funny. It's kind of like how, I mean, maybe this is like a slightly unfair comparison, but like, do you remember how when we were teenagers, we would always get so annoyed about being followed around the store because like any teenager was assumed to be shoplifting. But then eventually, like some of us did start shoplifting and it's like (laughs) we were still mad about everyone assuming we were shoplifting. But also like some of us were, you know what I mean? And it's like, Uh, yeah, do you have a right to be angry about this? And it's like, well, you didn't have to assume that because I wasn't necessarily. I mean, like, yeah, I am now. I mean, I definitely remember. (laughs) like I, I I don't know if I brought it up on the show I'm sure I have because I tell a lot of the same stories but there is that scenario when I was in high school and the principal and teachers kept on following me around because they were really worried because I wore a goth trench coat yep. that I would like shoot up the school shoot up the school and or or they thought I was running a satanic cult in the planetarium. Well, you were, right? <laughs> and I, and I, I was so mad. I'm like, why are they always following me around? Even though I'm like wearing all black and goth clothes and skipping class and like <laughs> not being where I'm supposed to be ever. I don't understand. Yeah. And it's like, why are these why are these stupid teachers being so annoyed? And it's like, OK, you weren't running a satanic cult, but you were skipping class. Honestly, I probably should have been now that I, you know what? When they told me that I said no. But in my adult life, I'm like, damn, I really missed out on that yeah, opportunity to run running a satanic, a satanic cult, cult in the planetarium. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, Satanism is actually a pretty great religion. Yeah, so. it's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, so that that's kind of the vibe of this scene with Pietro and Lance, where like you're on their side, but you're also like, OK, but you guys are scamming people. That is anyway, true. The interviewer continues and the interviewer is like, you're opponent mayor richardson disagrees and is saying such a policy would be a form of segregation which is uh, edward true. kelly it is true and edward kelly is like really well mutants should be singled out remember i was their principal and i've experienced their destructiveness firsthand don't fool yourselves into thinking they're heroes which like oh boy damn dude damn so then the brotherhood um he needs therapy everybody on this show needs therapy i agree so the brotherhood go to edward kelly's office and completely trash it and then he shows up at his office trashed and pietro's standing there with his arms crossed and he's like oh my god he's such he's a catty bitch here i know he's like bad day at the office and (laughs) kelly turns around (laughs) and fred lance and toad are waiting for him and Lance right. goes, hey, what's shaking? And I just wrote, Lance, no more puns. <laughs> like, stop, stop. And then Kelly's like, what do you want? And Fred goes, we've come to contribute something to your campaign. Advice. And Pietro's like, not the friendly kind. I'm like, oh, what are they going to do? Are they going to fuck him? Like, what's happening? I don't know. Beat the shit out of him, I guess. I honestly don't know. I don't think they had a plan here. <laughs> I don't know. Either. So Lance... Lance is like, we want you to leave us out of your anti-mutant crusade or else, which I feel like is a fair question, because at this point he was like saying on the radio that he knows the four of them from school. And like, that's pretty fucked up to say that about like 
minors yeah. to be like, I know the identities of these children. I was their principal and they're bad kids. Like That's really fucked up. What? I mean, that's like any kind of person in power that goes to a marginalized class and be like, I've seen these people in this, like at the and schools. They're bad and they're seeds. Like, yeah. yeah. And like, also I'm like revealing their true identity. I don't know. It's, it seemed fucked up. So I was also kind of like, okay, it's bad for them to show up to his office and destroy it and threaten him physically. I mean, this but- is also the X-Men evolution universe where like, the news put like all the characters full names and addresses on the tv i know which is not legal as todd pointed out to us but so these kids are then physically defending themselves against a physical threat from kelly so it's like is this wrong you know what i mean yeah he's threatening them i don't know whatever so anyway they are about to beat the shit out of this out of edward kelly which i'm not gonna say that's the right thing to do i'm just saying i understand what led to this moment <laughs> like we know how we got here yeah and so then before they beat the shit out of edward kelly in his office all the x-men show up all of like, them all of them literally they're all like, of them. They're, they're inside the office like they're in the roof they're on the the balconies they're in the ground like the kitty and kurt are like coming through the, the floor. floor like and fucking wolverine is standing behind a pillar that's there and he like looks over <laughs> and he grins and he, unsho- and he unsheaths his claws and grins more and then puts it back and we never see him again it's and like beast like does six cartwheels in the background storm is there this is like the only time storm's <laughs> been on the show for like six weeks <laughs> this is like the only time all the x have actually been here yeah ever and so like all of them are here and like cyclops is like back off and lance is like what are you gonna do about it red eye which like that's a stupid nickname but like okay and scott's like whatever it takes and then like all the x-men are like surrounding everybody and like being like we're ready to fight and lance is like okay lance like gets ready to jerk off on all of them pietro is like no we should leave i'm like okay finally and so they're leaving and <laughs> Toad's like on his way out and Gene slams the door telekinetically on Toad's tongue, which is actually really funny. But it is whatever. pretty funny because Toad is like blowing a raspberry at them with his super long tongue and Gene slams it on his tongue. It's just a fun little moment. And then Edward Kelly screams. He's like, I'm going to get rid of all of you. And it's like, Jesus, yes. dude, like they just saved your ass. This is the opposite of the X-Men TAS Edward Kelly in so many ways because he's like, okay, the X-Men just saved me. Yeah, I still fucking hate you queers. Like, I'm gonna kill you guys. And then he leaves and Kurt is like, well, I'm not voting for him, which I also thought was really funny. Just like as a little tag to the end of the scene, I was like, that's funny. <laughs> like all this dark shit is happening. Kurt's like, well, he's not getting my vote. <laughs> it's like, Kurt, you're not an American citizen and you're not 18. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a very funny line coming from any character. Then we go to the Brotherhood where Avalanche is like posing in the gayest way possible. Well, he's like bent over and like squatting and just shaking sexually and the whole house is shaking. Everyone's like, dude. Yeah, so Lance is twerking and shaking the house. His butt's getting an incredible workout. Fred is carrying a basket of muffins. I don't I don't know why Fred has a basket of muffins in this scene. Does he really? I didn't even yes. see that. He, he has a I basket like of muffins. I like blocking this shit out now, how frequently it's it happening. It goes by really quickly. But um, anyway, Lance screams, I've had it with the X-Men. Well, he's like having a little twerk tantrum and uh, yeah. earthquake and around. So then Pietro zips over to him. He's like, honey, please calm down. The X-Men will get what's coming to them. Meanwhile, we've been bumped to the third page. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has his own tantrum. And Toad grabs the paper and he's like, is our 15 minutes of fame already up? That was more like five minutes. Okay, maybe 10. <laughs> and then yeah, I know. I, I, like, Lance is like, I think we should just stop. Yeah. But Pietro can't move on. And he's like, the only mention of us is we're going to be cutting the ribbon at the zoo. But that's it. And Fred is like, we got to remind the public how much they need us. 
And then Pietro looks outside and he sees Wanda out on the front steps and she's like sulking and looking really depressed. Okay, this is like incredibly fucked up, by the way. I know. Like, Pietro walks out and sits down next to her and he's like, hey, did you hear what happened to us? The X-Men, they attacked us. They are trying to hurt us. Yeah. They tried to kill us. Like, they're trying to, like... And after, they're they, to after they, like, allowed our father to die and didn't help at yeah. all, they're trying to kill us now. And Wanda's like, oh, shit, okay. Like, this is a lie. And this is a lie. Yeah, Peter's like, yeah, they're coming after us next, and we need to protect ourselves. And Wanda's like, oh, I gotta protect my my friends and my brother. Yeah. Like, you know, like, which is again a lie. This is the kind of shit that Pietro does in the comic books all the time to Wanda, by the way. I know. Like, I what hate the fuck, it. dude? So basically, based on a lie, Wanda goes with the boys to the ribbon cutting. Okay, this is like the most insane thing I have ever seen. Because first of all, there's just elephants like out and walking around with the people. And I was like, this would not happen at a zoo. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Um, so then reporters are taking photos like while the elephants are like holding holding up the ribbon to be cut or yeah, some like, shit. I'm like, why do they have a, what the hell? It's like, no. Yeah. And this so, is like, already I'm like, you're one of those bad zoos. I can tell already. <laughs> <laughs> yup. And so Pietro does a, a speech. Zoo. And Pietro's like, thanks for coming, everybody. Love you all, except the haters who are resentful of our fame. I'm not going to name names, except I will. I'm talking about the X-Men. <laughs> and then like, this is like craziness in which Wanda just walks by and like uses her powers to knock Scott sunglasses off his face and not allow him to close his eyes and he just starts shooting everything which honestly she didn't need to do that he was going to keep his eyes open the whole time anyway let's be real yeah, i know it's like she could just knocked him off that would have been enough and it's really funny because she just is fucking with everybody's powers so immediately like scott's screaming that he can't close his eyes and gene's like what the fuck and like then and then and then then Iceman goes, I can't control my powers and like starts shooting ice everywhere. This is actually kind of terrifying. Like we're presenting it as comedy, but it's actually terrifying. It is, like oh, oh, no. Scott is shooting blasts at like every single animal pin and like all the animals are running around. Like the elephants are stampeding people. People would die in this scenario. The, uh, okay. The elephants are like, okay. All the people are screaming and falling on the ice. The elephants are also spinning around on the ice, yes. which is crazy. Yeah. One guy almost gets crushed by an elephant, but Jean, Jean saves them. Yeah. Then Wanda throws Kitty all the way over to the alligator exhibit and she jumps out and she gets stuck in the glass and she goes, get me out. So Cyclops decides to look at her and like blast open the glass in which the alligators are free. Okay. Okay. But this doesn't, is not what alligators do. They do not. There was like a wall they had to climb over and they run over to the wall and climb over it in like two seconds. I'm like, dude, alligators can't do that. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can, but not that fast. Like All of the animals are like rabid and aggressive and like act- actively trying to eat every single person. There's like a point. I don't even know what part it has. I think it's the next scene in which Kurt's trying to teleport a guy away, but it lands on a falling light yep. and Gene yeah. catches it. And then Wanda makes them like try like throw things around and forces gene to throw the lights into the tiger cage yep. and then the tigers jump out and i'm just thinking to myself if this were to happen <laughs> the, in, a, in a zoo like in most zoos especially like good zoos because there's i mean there's more good zoos than there's bad ones there's bad ones certainly mm-hmm. but good zoos are about like per, like you know um conservation preserving animals and conservation right and i'm like these animals aren't all going to run outside of their cages. Like that's not a thing they want to do because their homes and their dens and all that shit are there. And so if they saw like 
this incredibly chaotic, loud, chaotic scene. They would hide. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be like, oh shit, gotta like run after the people. Like that's not what they would do. Maybe some of them would, but it would be very rare. I mean, I guess we're supposed to believe that all of these animals are starving to death because this is like a horrible zoo that isn't taking care of them. I mean, I mean, they do have elephants doing like circus tricks. This is a horrible zoo where everybody's being mistreated. So the tigers are like escaping and finally like getting out of what ever exhibit right. they were stuck in where they weren't allowed to f- eat food so then there's a dramatic fade to black and we're just supposed to assume that like thousands of people died i don't know they don't show us so we just have to be like <laughs> okay we're just like what the hell happened it's like everyone's screaming and then the next shot is like bam bars closing on the x-men i was like whoa yeah so scott and kurt are in a jail cell and gene and kitty are in the other jail cell <laughs> okay it's really funny the cops leave and then kitty just walks through the cell to the bars and xavier's like kitty just stay in there while i <laughs> figure this out yeah kitty's like they can't hold us you know like i could walk out of here anytime and xavier's like i know which is precisely the reason you're all staying put until i can straighten this out because i believe in following the rules and <laughs> not ever leaving and i was like what is this x-men tas season one again where beast just stayed in jail even though he was like wrongfully imprisoned and like nobody gave a shit okay but that was like also beast's choice it was all these other characters Xavier does this thing when all the X-Men are in jail or an X-Men character. He's like, let me figure this out. And then when I say it's fine to come out, you come out. Like, again, he lets them out later so they can do something for him. Right. Like, that's what happens. Absolutely. Then it goes to this TV shit like report of Todd. Of Todd. Toad. (laughs) His his name is Todd. I know, but they never call him that. No, they don't. But Toad is doing like he's like sobbing on TV about how mutants and queers just want to live in peace with others and the x-men are ruining that for him yeah and the x-men are criminals he's saying right and then toad's watching that thing and he pauses it and he's like masturbating to himself he's like i'm just so hot on the tv yeah and fred and lance are like dude like we need to stop this is exhausting it's not it's really dangerous clearly the last two things we did was almost a real actual problem yeah we need to stop and Toad's like, oh, well, we got to keep going because then where's the money going to come from? Peter's like, no, we do need to stop. But after we do something that makes everyone remember us forever on Wikipedia, and that is how this is going to go down. Yeah. One big final act of heroism the town will never forget. And then he like sticks his butt out a little bit. Then it goes to like this insane math problem. I know. <laughs> it's just like they're like, there's like, there's two trains running at each other at these approximate speeds and one's carrying gasoline and this other one has this many people and they're going to hit at this time and the tra- tracks only change at this junction and you have to release this part of the train in order for this part to explode but not this other part and how fast does Pietro need to run in order to get, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. I was like, who decided to animate one of those fucking like SAT questions? <laughs> Jesus. I don't know, but you did just summarize the entire end of the episode. It is the two trains. It is exactly what Brian said. <laughs> I mean, like, that is how it happens. But at first, Pietro doesn't know there's two trains. He thinks there's only the one train. And he, right. he's going to make this one train go out of control. So he's he leaps into the front car and somehow he causes a huge electrical problem, which this isn't his powers, right. by the way. Like, no. I don't know how he does this. I, do, I honestly don't know what he does. I'm like, he pulls a kitty pride where he somehow manages yeah. to stick his hand into the machine because he's moving so fast i'm like no even though you're moving fast dude you would either like blow up the machine or your hand would bounce off it that's not how your powers work yeah and so then he leaves i know that can for the flash the flash can do that thing where he moves so fast that he can phase through walls and i'm like "Mm, okay it's like a vibration thing there's like great panels of fucking like wally west and barry allen being like if we vibrate hard enough like 
with each other and against each other we can phase through walls i'm like this seems gay uh (laughs) (laughs) so i don't think pietro has the power to do that or at least not that i know of but uh somehow he he might but he wouldn't know now i don't know like he's like a kid still anyway he somehow does something to the train and then he leaves and then the train conductor sees this and he's like uh i can't stop the train anymore and now i can't do fucking anything yeah okay this is crazy i know and then his radio calls him and is like hey you missed the turn that you're supposed to take and also like you're heading straight for a train that's like full of eight barrels of gasoline <laughs> i don't know why that train is there but whatever i don't either and the conductor is like well i'm completely out of control and i can't fucking do anything and the radio's like oh well i guess everybody's gonna die uh <laughs> yeah yeah and then so then it goes over to the brotherhood showing up in a jeep and they all jump out in front of the train that's like speeding away and they all pose and they go don't worry the brotherhood is here and some guy is like this is actually really funny like a guy it's really in his funny. Car- he's like he's like uh what about the other train yeah. and peter's like what other train and the guy's like on the radio the other train that's covered in tanks of gasoline and like the lance turns to pietro and he goes oh yeah this will go off with a bang and pietro <laughs> goes uh eh, you can't win them all see you uh, see you outside the blast zone and just leaves yes. and then toad and fred are like yeah we can't do anything and then lance is like wow fuck all of you like that is kind of like what that comes to i feel like this we don't really spend any more time with the brotherhood for the rest of the season but i honestly feel like it was going to result in lance leaving the brotherhood like i feel like this was the end of his reign because Mm -hmm. like even at the end of the episode he's like yeah i'm done with all of this yeah it's interesting so like pietro jumps in the jeep and like toad and fred just kind of follow him as pietro drives away but lance doesn't leave with them like he just is like i'm gonna stay and see what i can do right so then we go back to the police station and xavier rolls in and he's like oh hey so i decided to like brainwash everybody and get you guys out (laughs) because the brotherhood created like a massive problem that only we can fix well that's not how he poses it he says that the police are asking them because they don't know how else to contain the situation but i do like your theory in which xavier was like i have brainwashing powers i forgot about that i just don't buy that the police would go to xavier and be like hey can you let your teenagers out and like let them save the world (laughs) yeah that was kind of like how i felt too like uh i just don't really believe that that's true i don't feel like they would do that according to this universe there are no adults with mutant powers it's just like only children well yeah and storm and beast who like aren't really in this episode yeah honestly why not i don't buy it because the x-men have been presented as criminals on the news so like why would the police suddenly be like we've decided they're not criminals and we need their help with these two trains going towards each other like it just it doesn't it feels like there's a few steps missing so i'm just assuming xavier brainwashed some people to like you know speed it up i agree that makes more sense meanwhile the joker's just standing there being like there's some people on this train and there's another one on this train they're gonna have a bite to blow the other train up (laughs) and then he like falls into some sort of i don't know catacomb that avalanche opens up beneath him yeah so after they all leave and the x-men are freed it's cuts over to Kurt teleporting Scott and Kitty to the top of the train in which Kitty phases them through and the train conductor is like what the hell and they're like it's okay we're here to like get you off the train yep and this is actually a really smart panic plan because I thought like it appears that the people on the train don't know that anything's wrong yep and so they get grab the conductor and they get off they walk into the next train and I was like oh are they gonna get everybody to like walk across the train because they're being very calm about it mm-hmm. but what happens is that scott just looks at the front of the train the motor that is pulling the whole train a lot yeah. right and he just shoots it off so that it, that one piece of the train stays on the track and goes through the gas gasoline train while everybody else is still on this train that's now gonna slow down because there's nothing pulling it anymore that's right 
So it's slowing to a stop. I really thought that was really cool. Yeah, it works. It works. I mean, like all the people are saved, basically. But the problem is that just this front part of the train, the motor is still heading towards the gasoline train and it is still going to hit it and cause it to explode. And so Kitty just hangs out in this first car still. She wasn't supposed to do this, but she just decides to stay on it. And right. meanwhile, Jean is going over to the gasoline train and she uses her powers to stop it. And eventually she actually does stop it. The problem is right. that the motor is still heading towards it. So then she goes right. towards that and she tries to stop that, but she can't. Actually, Jean, Jean's powers are like really intense in this whole ending sequence. Yeah. So then Kurt bamps over to Kitty and he's like, why the fuck are you still on this? Because you're like gonna die. Right. (laughs) Kitty's like, I'm going to phase this train through that one. And Kurt's like, no, you're not strong enough. And Kitty's like, there's no choice because Jean can't stop it in time. So then Kurt stays with Kitty while she tries to do this. She fails, even though she gets like halfway through it. But then she like runs out of steam. I mean, she does an impressive job considering she's phasing an entire train through another train at this point. Yeah. I mean, good good on her for trying like that was pretty badass i'm not i mean like i know it doesn't work but the fact that she got halfway through it is still pretty awesome it is awesome and so then kurt phases both of them away but then the explosion still happens and Jean uses her powers to try to contain the blast into into this like sphere it's epic. a sphere of fire and it looks like fucking phoenix shit again it's like awesome. they're obviously they're a they are working their way right up to it and we never got to see it happen i know but it looks really cool but it's also like about to explode onto the nearby buildings which are like apartment buildings like this is like the train is going through the center of town people are gonna die like it's a lot of people were gonna die if this explosion happened and like there was no time to evacuate clearly right so she's like screaming she can't hold it or control it anymore and the explosion is like getting slowly bigger and bigger inside of her like encased force field basically and so then lance shows up magically this is actually really cool too it is cool. i really like what lance does here so he makes a huge earthquake ravine thing and like sends the train and the entire explosion like way down into the center of the earth essentially right and somehow none of the nearby buildings collapse no so I don't lance know has developed like huge control of his powers whereby he's able to make this huge hole underground to send everything down into this hole and then he covers it up and like allows the explosion to happen like underground where it's not going to hurt anyone. Well, I think it it explodes and then he like does a magma thing where he manages to like turn it to stone. Yeah, because, like it's he badass. pulls it down. It's really cool. I really liked it. I really enjoyed this moment for Avalanche. Yeah, it's like basically Lance reveals that he's actually super super powerful in a way that we like hadn't previously seen. Right. Um. So then. He kind of stands up dramatically and the X-Men show up behind him and Lance just goes, don't worry, that's the last of the heroics count on it and like walks away really fucking sadly. And it's like, yeah, in that moment, what I think he means is the Brotherhood isn't going to keep setting up fake shit, you know? Right. But it's also like, does that mean he's retiring as a hero as well? Because he just did a pretty good job. So like maybe he shouldn't. I think it's not about him retiring being a hero. I think it's him retiring from the fact that they were doing this particular version of heroics, which is like them creating Scamming. situations that, that they... Yeah. And I think it's also a double-edged sword. I think he was... He's like, don't worry. I, we're not going to do this anymore. Or at least I'm not going to be participating in this brotherhood shit anymore because I've seen the damage it's doing and Pietro is a fucking like psychopath and like I'm not... I mean, this whole thing 
since season three when Pietro came back and started leading the Brotherhood, Lance has had a serious problem with it. Yep. Like he's been like, I don't agree with any of this. Like I think his I think he was gonna join whatever the new mutants thing was gonna be once when Danny Moodstar was gonna be fully involved mm-hmm. with Boom Boom. Because like they clearly stole the Richter story for Lance in this and asserted it into his character. And I think that's where it was gonna go. I really do. It would have been interesting. Yeah. Although good luck to Lance because like Xavier clearly doesn't give a shit about him. I mean he keeps trying to join the X-Men, but like not being allowed. Maybe he should because this character is really powerful. I know. Like Lance just saved the day in like a really cool and poignant way. Like how cool would it be if like Magma and Lance and Storm, the three of them and Magneto, they could take over the planet. <laughs> would like Storm was like training Magma and Avalanche together to work together to use their powers in in, in conjunction with each other. Like that would be fucking epic i know right it like, would be. It'd be so cool yeah they could basically like stop and start any natural disaster they wanted to like it would be like wild. all three of them yeah it really would how are they i don't understand how like avalanche and magma aren't considered omega mutants because like can can magma just be like i could just turn the entire earth into lava and kill anyone if, if i think about it like what or like lance is like I could just like create an avalanche that makes the whole world crumble in the second if I think about it. But now nah, we're not Omegas. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this episode makes Lance seem like an Omega level mutant because the amount of power it would take to do what we just described. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think evolution was a lot more kinder to these characters than the comic books have yeah. been. So I don't know. So anyway, this is the final scene. So there's a news broadcast um, and it's uh, the anchor is saying, All charges against the X-Men have been dropped. Meanwhile, an investigation is underway to determine if the Brotherhood were indeed behind the recent rash of Bayville disasters. So what did the investigation start? Did like Xavier tell somebody or did like Robert Kelly, or Robert, Edward Kelly was like, hey. I just assume again that Xavier brainwashed everybody into believing what was actually the case, which is that the Brotherhood was like screwing everything up and the X-Men are good, which like, I don't see how else you get this to work other than brainwashing because what <laughs> yeah I, well also like all this stuff is being taken away from the brotherhood yeah like, so all of their stuff is being repossessed so i guess the old woman has now suddenly been like i'm not going to help you guys out anymore because you're a bunch of failures and so like there's all these repo Jesus. men there like taking all their furniture away and toad is sobbing like no not the big screen because they're taking away the big screen tv and like all their shit and like suddenly they're just sitting together in an empty house all right and then Pietro turns around and he says what should we do now take the new subway into the city and the brotherhood are like shut the fuck up and you they all asshole start beating the shit out of pietro with their powers that's the end of the episode is him being like nobody could take a joke as they kill him yeah. like that is like what's happening yeah it's like comedy where everybody's beating the shit out of pietro <laughs> this episode is dark in a way like it is it's funny but it's also like holy shit these kids are so fucked <laughs> like damn like I also was dark in the sense that Xavier wouldn't at all step in at any point and be like, hey, I think we could help these kids out. Instead, he's like, don't do what they're doing. And I'm like, you know, Xavier, go help these children. Yeah. Try. He doesn't. He really doesn't help them. And he like barely helps his own children. Like he lets them sit in jail for a night and he's like, eh, I'll come get you guys later. Yeah, I don't know. Xavier is a very questionable character in general. Although I did really enjoy the most recent Krakoa episode that like episode of the Krakoa issue where Emma Frost was like, yeah, Xavier, you are the most guilty person in the universe. Here's your crown. And she <laughs> just tosses Cerebro at him. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, this episode doesn't end that way, although it should. I wish Emma Frost was here. It is too bad that the Brotherhood... 
I don't know. It just feels like they're constantly pawns to everybody else's control and you just can't help but feel for them. You well, know, I think this episode also provides a little fight back on that because like I think through Lance, especially his whole arc in this episode is that even through what's being given to them because of these accidents and what happened mm-hmm. and what Pietro is doing and how Edward Kelly is also trying to manipulate them and how the news and the public is trying to manipulate them. I mean, Lance has always been a character on the show who's been like, yeah, everyone's been trying to manipulate me. And I felt like the end of this episode was him being like, I need to go find myself. Like, I don't feel like I am in control of anything that happens in my life. That is kind of like what I think his arc was going to be mm-hmm. because we don't really spend any more time with them for the rest of the series because it gets canceled. Yeah. But I thought, I thought this episode was actually pretty good. It was nice to spend time with the brotherhood. Yeah. And it was nice to see where Wanda's arc was clearly going to go as well, because this is the last yeah. that we're going to see of her, I guess. So also kind of like ballsy by this creative team to be like, we're going to do an episode that isn't focused on the X-Men and that they'll be there in the background. Like the brotherhood is usually is for the X-Men episodes, but now we're reversing it and be like, this is what it's like in their world. And I remember when I saw it for the first time on TV, I was like, this is kind of jarring how it just like really went to a completely different story because Mm -hmm. we're now seeing these characters. And I didn't really understand why they're doing it. But as an adult, I'm like, well, I actually kind of respect that we went here. Yeah, me too. I really liked it. Um, I think I'm going to give this a four out of five. X's. Yeah, that's where I landed to. Four out of five X's. Um, it's not like a mind-blowing episode, but it's fun. I really have no complaints. So, like, in a way, I guess I could give it a five. Um, but well, I think the, the reason why it's not a five for me is just because... Fat jokes. <laughs> I mean, it's all its flaws. Yeah, and also, like, it's not like a mind-blowing emotional episode, which those always get a five out of five for me. Like, I just... It doesn't have... Like, I feel like the emotional depth is almost there through Lance and Pietro's and Wanda's characters, but it doesn't really get fully explored. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's almost like it's set up so it could have been. Like I I mean, I don't like that Pietro does it, but I do like that they managed to write dialogue for Pietro where he's manipulating Wanda. And I find that really fascinating and interesting to see how manipulative Pietro can be. But we don't get to see like the other facet of Pietro like not understanding that his decisions are hurting people because he doesn't want to deal with like what's hurting inside of himself. Yeah. Which I think that would have been deeper. And I really would have liked to see more Wanda's emotions in this and maybe like a hint of her being like, something's not right in my head. And I know that, Um, but that could have been like a later episode that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Mostly I do like even like Lance's stuff. I feel like, I feel like it's very like on the surface we don't really see like anything underneath that in terms of where his arc was going, but that he obviously, did not agree with the brotherhood's behavior anymore. And we didn't really get to see more of that, but otherwise the episode's really great. Like I just, I think that's why it's a four out of five for me is I'm like, I'm like, it's so close to having that emotional depth that say like the last episode we watched where like literally people are dying and going through grief and PTSD and abusers. And like, this has characters that also are going through those things, but we don't really get to see it in the same way we did with like rogue and Kurt in the last episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. And there's some things that I'm just disappointed that we didn't have the chance to see the end of like Wanda gets, uh, lied to by Pietro before the zoo scene, but we don't actually see the conclusion of that, for example. And like, it just, I mean, what would, what would have the clue conclusion been if, on the show? If Wanda discovered that her brother and Magneto were just 
always lying to her like always like she's like all my entire family are a bunch of fucking liars trying to use me and also brainwashing me in two different ways like Pietra's manipulating her to think the wrong things and Magneto's straight up getting like a telepath to brainwash and delete parts of her brain that's fucked up yeah I don't know how that was gonna end but I know it was gonna go somewhere because I can I can tell from this episode that they were setting something up for her right. so it's too bad it never actually got to play out. Um, but before we mourn the loss of this show yet again, let's talk about who's gay. The X I mean, like, yeah, this episode's pretty gay. I mean, obviously, Pietro takes the cake because he's like a catty bitch in this. Yeah, (laughs) he is. I mean, he is a total showboat. Like, he's very flamboyant. He's very expressive. He's just gay in the way that you can't even explain. Um, And it is kind of funny to see, like, Lance and Scott having their dick measuring contest in the background. Like, they do feel like they're kind of the counterpart to the more flamboyant Pietro. And also Toad's flamboyant in this episode as well it's like funny that toad wants attention even though he doesn't necessarily look like the character who would do that um he's still right. like constantly getting in front of the cameras and like wanting to put on a show which is cute uh but yeah Pietro's gay um and his dad's gay and his dad is dead and now he has to be the gay man in charge of it all instead i mean also wanda's gay just because she's there but i don't know if that really is something we need to call out <laughs> 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 yeah. We're like the Maximoff twins are queer and they're here. They are. They are. I, I feel like Pietro probably wins the top prize. I do still feel like Cyclops and Lance like have their have some weird, sort of, like, weird energy sexual with energy. each other. Okay. All right. So you're gonna have to stick with me on this one. But <laughs> I think I think uh, this is an unfortunate gay scenario. But I think this episode seemed very much that Edward Kelly is gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the sense that he is insecure and closeted, I guess. But right. It's, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's more of like the metaphor side of things, but I don't disagree. That's what I'm saying. Just, he's not actually mm-hmm. gay. But it does feel like there's something going on with him mentally, right. and right. we'll never know we, what it we is. Don't, we don't see anything else that's like, I mean, this is not an episode where people are being gay together. It's just kind of like Lance gyrating and doing his best like best twerking impression in the living room and i i feel like there is a part of it though like when pietro and lance are in the alley and like standing really close to each other i was kind of like i thought that was weird yeah oh, wait, what about like, the gay couple at the bus stop okay yeah the gay, <laughs> the gay couple at the bus stop <laughs> obviously but i did i did feel like pietro was like a little flirty with lance in that moment and was kind of like I thought so too. aren't you mad at scott like don't you hate him so much he's like rubbing his finger across lance's chin and be like come on just this one time you mm-hmm. know like it's not really a pairing that we see that often but in this episode it definitely felt like a thing i feel like lance is like mostly straight except he's got these bi-curious tendencies that Pietra's like come on well, let's do it this one time and mm-hmm. like it'll be fun you know yeah and lance is like i i'm, I'm curious because i'm a little hard right now but also I, I like kitty pride so 
And Kitty likes him too, except for when Kitty and Jean are together in the jail cell overnight and also Scott and Kurt are in the jail cell overnight. That's gay. Yeah, that must have been a weird night. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that is all about. It was like Kurt continually trying to hit on Scott and Scott being like, Jean's in the next room. I can't. This is just like porn now where it's like our fan fiction where it's like, like Scott and Kurt trying to be quiet while they fuck each other and be like we can't let Gene and Kitty know while like Kitty and Gene are also trying to do the same thing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god be like, be like, oh. suddenly like in the middle be like are you guys okay over there uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody's having a normal one uh totally normal yeah just waiting to just trying to sleep <laughs> Okay. Uh, is it time for the plug section? It is. I think so. Uh, so next week, I think we're finally going to release our, our special Mutant Vision comic. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely happening. I'm going to apologize to everybody because that was on me. I got the booster last week and I lost two days of writing and I could have. I could have completed it yesterday and I was like, do I want to rush it? Because I feel like if I do that, it won't be as strong as if I didn't rush it. And uh, so we have chosen to push it back by a week, but it's definitely happening in the next episode. We're recording it uh, next week. So it'll be next episode. And then after that, we will be watching Target X is the name of the next episode. Guess who's back? X-23, right? X-23. Also, Omega Red is in that episode. Really? Huh. Yes. Interesting. Yes. And I, another character, I think his name is Gauntlet. I can't remember off the top of my head. Huh. Okay. Um, Gauntlet sounds like a character from Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater. <laughs> like, that sounds medieval. I'm going to Google this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see if I'm right. I might be wrong. Um, yeah, it's Gauntlet. I was right. I was right. Okay, it's it's like Gauntlet and Omega Red hunting down X-23 and Logan. There's like a scene in that where Logan jumps out of a, like, falls out of a plane. And it's really funny. That makes sense. It does. It's something that Wolverine would do. But that's what's up next on the docket. Anyway, what else is going on? Where well, are we? Who are we? We are the Mutant Ages, in case you somehow got through this whole episode without knowing that. And also, predictably, you could find us at themutantages.com or mutantages.com. Either one. Both of those URLs work. We pay for them. And uh, you can find links and ways to contact us. So many different ways to contact us. You can email us at themutantages at gmail.com. You can join our Discord server. There's a link to join it. You can leave us a voicemail at our inbox at 1508-319-1668. Or you can send us some physical mail at P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And we'll open it over on our YouTube channel. We've got some mail we got to open soon, incidentally. Uh, we do. It's been we a little do. while. And at some point, we'll play some games again. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like we change up how we're going to do things here at the Mutant Age. It's like at least once a month. So, But it's it is true. going to eventually happen. But you can watch the other games that we have played on our YouTube channel. All X-Men themed. We have played some of the Game Gear games, some of the Nintendo games. Um, it's been really fun. We we played through that entire PC game that was based, based on the Quake engine. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Ravages of the Apocalypse. There's an interview yeah. with that guy in our podcast archives. There is. Also, uh, we do a live, live monthly live stream. A live monthly live stream. That's what this is. Yeah, it's uh, live, Over live, our YouTube live. channel where we read... Well, we've been reading the X-Men scripts, the screenplays for the unreleased and unproduced X-Men films. They, we've done Wolverine the X-Men. It's not very good. I mm-hmm. recommend going over and listening to it and so you can hear our reactions to how terribly offensive a script about marginalized classes was offensive towards marginalized classes. <laughs> you can see that. And I think the next one we're going to do is like one of the other X-Men scripts or I think the Dazzler script, which I know has been widely requested by our listeners for us to at least cover it on the show. Mm-hmm. We'll be reading that on that live stream over there. So you can find that on YouTube. 
Uh, we are also all over social media. So you can find Mutant Ages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok. It's been a little while since I've gotten on the ticker talker, but we'll get there soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we are individually on our social media. I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan Pagella on Instagram. Maddie, where do you exist in I the metaverse? Am at- <laughs> Oh boy, I'm not in the metaverse yet, but I am not at Mitty Myers. It's only a matter um, of time. It's only a matter of time before we and all you other lovely mutants join the metaverse. Maddie, but if you go if you, you go online to the metaverse, will you go from Mitty Myers to Meta Myers? Oh my god, I guess so. <laughs> Well, I can feel your eyes rolling from like all the miles away that you are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, I'm Midi Myers, M-I-D-I-M-Y-E-R-S at Twitter, uh, Facebook, Tumblr, all those places. Um, And also, while I'm already talking, uh, there are so many other ways that you can support the show. Like, for example, we have a store where you can buy a shirt with Bishop on it saying that time travel is real. It's been so long since we've seen Bishop. Maybe someday he'll come back. And not on this show. Uh, and when he does, um, time travel will be real once again. Um, or you can go to our Patreon. And uh, that's patreon.com slash the mutant ages. You can support at all different kinds of levels. I would recommend the bonus audio tier level, which allows you access to our bonus episodes of the show, including a pretty long episode of us talking about Hawkeye with Todd, who has read a ton of Hawkeye comics and had a lot of opinions about the show. Kate Bishop comics, all that stuff. Um, That was a really fun, like full length episode about Hawkeye that people could be getting. Plus all the archives of times we've talked about so many other movies and shows. That's right. We'll also have some other podcast episodes come up soon. I mean, I know that Eternals is heading Disney Plus soon and Maddie and I will talk about that. I will also be watching Shang-Chi hopefully in this coming week. And we could talk about that at mm-hmm. some point when Spider-Man is made available for Maddie to see it without going into theaters. We'll definitely talk about that because it's an incredible film. And everybody keeps on asking us, our listeners, people are like, what are you going to talk about Spider-Man? I'm like, well, we have to wait until it's like available to see. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I took the risk, but I didn't care. I was like here for it. And I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. I sobbed a lot. But also, <laughs> if you want to talk about Spider-Man spoilers, I would say you should join the discord and check I out our MCU channel that, that. because you should just go in there and talk about Spider-Man with with some pals. Our discord is fantastic and it's very inviting for anybody. It's very positive. We support each other here and we get to nerd out. There's I gotta say, we have never run into like a negative issue on the Discord, and it's been around for a couple of years now. So I highly recommend it. Great community, great people. We have a very, very wonderful community, and some of them even support us financially. But before we before we switch topics, let's let's give a shout out to our highest tier Patreon supporters. That's right. Coming to you front page of the newspaper for the best <laughs> of mutants all around. Our top tier supporters are Samuel B, Somin, Soren B, and Zach S. Yeah. For being awesome uh, mutants who are saving people. And they're not scamming. <laughs> they're not scamming you. And they don't care what Edward Kelly says. Yeah. And they are mutants. We do know that much. They are definitely mutants. That is something that we can confirm. Yes. Um. And also, if you can't afford to support us, or even if you are supporting us and you just want to go the extra mile please 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 consider giving us a review on apple podcasts or i think spotify allows reviews and we're on spotify now that's right facebook allows ratings we're on facebook so please give us a rating and a review and then also consider sharing the show with your friends
friends because word of mouth is how people discover podcasts most of the time. It's how they creep into each other's little social circles, little podcast bubbles. And uh, so, yeah, share it with somebody who you think would enjoy it. Um, throw them the Wolverine live action episode. I don't know. Throw them something, something that you feel like is a good entry point and get them on board. And uh Tell them to join the club. Yeah, if you want to, if listeners, if you want to hop into our Discord or email us at themutantages at gmail.com, I would love to know what your favorite episodes are because I would love to be sharing those for people that are asking for a jumping on point. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Maddie and I can look at them and be like, these are the ones that we enjoy doing and we think we're like hits. But if you guys can let us know, y'all, uh, yeah. let us know what your or favorite episodes are. Let us know where you started or like yeah. what you thought was a good place to start. Like, I, I know a lot of people started with like episode one of X Men Evolution because that's the show they watched. And then they went back maybe and, and listened to the archives. Or maybe you started with the live action movie episodes. I don't know where you started, but you can let us know what you think. But it would be cool to know. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's it. That's it for this week's episode. We did it again. Oops. We're not, not oops. Oops. Hey, we, we did, did it, it again. again. We made we'll another show. Time. <laughs> I'll keep singing till Maddie cuts me off the episode. The Mutant Ages.